Hello there and welcome to episode 12 of the Hawthorne's Debate Club. My name is Jamie Clay and I am joined every week by two gentlemen to have a few conversations and discussions about West Bromwich Albion. So let me start by saying a warm hello to my good friend Alex Collins. Hello. And hello to my little brother Joe Clay. Hello. Well guys, the wait is nearly over. The new season is just a few days ahead of us now and I'm going to declare this our first official podcast of the new season. So if you've got your champagne ready, feel free to pop it now. Because at the time of recording this, we are just three sleeps away from the new championship campaign kicking off. And it all kicks off on this Friday evening when the Mighty Baggies travel down to the beach to play the Cherries, Bournemouth in what will be a tough opener against potential promotion rivals. You see, by my very modest calculations, it will have been on Friday evening when we play Bournemouth 75 days since Albion's last competitive match of football. But like I said, the wait is very nearly over and I'm starting to feel the butterflies spreading their wings inside my stomach. You know, I'll be honest, it's normal for me to feel optimistic slash overconfident ahead of any season. But even with that said, I don't think I'm being too controversial by saying this championship season is looking pretty tantalizing and promising for us Baggies fans with the alluring melodies of aggressive, direct football with some delightful talents in the squad with soothing words like Gegenpress and foul ball ringing in our ears with our hopes and dreams of promotion being stroked once more. I feel about 80 to 85% confident that we won't end up shipwrecked on the rocks of disappointment and underachievement. But enough about my feelings. We've got a lot to get to in today's podcast. But before we get there, let me just say a huge thank you for downloading and listening to the Hawthorne's Debate Club. If you're a first time listener, let me say welcome. Thank you for joining us. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. Make yourself comfortable. All we ask for here at the Hawthorne's Debate Club is your undying love, total commitment, and unreserved willingness to tell your friends and family about the podcast. In fact, perhaps do it now while it's on your mind. Pause the podcast and share it with someone. There is a link on our social media. I'll wait here while you do that. Excellent. I'm assuming everyone has done that by now and your friends and family are now tuning in at the very start of the podcast. So on today's podcast, we will discuss battering the Blues and the end of the preseason, our new wonder goal scoring signing Adam Reach, the seemingly ugly twist in the Pereira transfer saga before previewing our upcoming match against the Cherries as well as the rest of the championship season. So we begin by talking about our final game in our pre-season in what a lot of people have described as being one of the best away days in recent memory with the Albion. We travelled to St Andrews and triumphed 4-0 in what was just a really, really professional, classy, exciting display of football. I know many people listening to this will have had opportunity to watch that game. Did you guys get a chance to watch it and what did you make of the game against the Blues? I've got to watch all of it. I think the first half, we were just getting to grips with the Blues and seeing how they were going to play. And I think it went, you know, it was an even first half. They had some chances. In the second half, they just went from a D- minus to an A star. Second half, I'm sure we'll go into it, but I'm just going to say, I love seeing the fans there. They loved it, didn't they? And the Albion players loved it when they, when they scored. It was a friendly and they're all going, you know, you don't see that normally. They'll just go around, congratulate each other and walk off because it's a friendly. But they're all jumping on each other. Yeah, it was a friendly. 
Burnley with a real competitive edge to it. Al, what did you make of it? I was re- really impressed. I mean, Birmingham are no pushovers. The potential competition next year, we've absolutely steamrolled them, especially in the second half. A lot of players stood out. Livermore is looking back to his old self. He's looking really good. I think even Zahore, he looked like a completely different player when he came on. That run he made for Tullock's goal was special. Dean Garner, I think Grant as well, played really well. Defensively, we looked pretty solid. Clark looked very composed on the ball. First half, as, as Joe alluded to, was a. I think we were sizing them up. You know, I think it was a very different tempo really to the, the second half. But second half, we just absolutely dominated, and I, I can't wait for Friday. Yeah, I mean, I watched that game as well, and I feel like the first half. I agree. I thought we played fairly well in the first half. Perhaps we didn't have the edge that we had in the second half, but you could see what we were trying to achieve. There was a lot of pressing, a lot of endeavour. I think what happened in the second half is we just changed gear, really. Uh, There's a really great clip that I saw at one stage where the pressing was just so aggressive and Carlin Grant was played the ball and he doesn't quite control it and the Blues defender takes back possession. But then all of a sudden, out of the different sides of the screen, all of these players just like converge on the ball and eventually their centre-back just has to roll it out for a throwing because he's left with little alternative. I agree with you both. I think the, the attacking play was really good they're really exciting obviously seeing different players score the goals was good as well Dean Garner grabbing the goal Tullock scoring Grant scoring and Clark scoring as well which really capped off a good I was really impressed with Clark actually to be fair he's quite rugged as we said he looked but obviously his play kind of matches up with that seems a bit no nonsense which again I don't think is a bad thing for the championship but all in all I was just super super impressed with us and like you said it's really kind of raised my expectations a little bit for what lies ahead on Friday and beyond that and I think as you both said all of the fans there and how berserk everyone was going over the goal I think everyone's feeling it now there everyone's getting a bit of a buzz about what this season could have an offer because it's one thing to get promoted but to get promoted with that style of football is it's a different thing altogether rather than kind of barely dragging yourself across the line this is kind of like really going for it from day one so I'm buzzing you know what made me laugh? Um, on the interviews after on the WBA, they interviewed, I think, Ishmael and Moat. And Moat's favourite goal was Matt Clark's goal out of all of them. To look goal, that was by far the best one. So that maybe he was caught on the spot a bit. He did say that he likes a scrappy goal when there's a bit of a ball scramble. Yeah, but then when you look at his highlight weird. reel from last season and some of these perlers he was pinging in from outside the box, know, yeah. he does like a delightful strike as well. I think if I think that Tullock goal really did just cap off a wonderful performance really and as you say it's nice to see him get on the score sheet and that wraps up the pre-season as we said last week most of us seem very happy with the way this pre-season's gone Alex you are particularly pleased with one particular statistic about the pre-season would you care to share? Yeah we've got the maximum clean sheets that we could have thinking about the way that we've played in the pre-season the attacking's caught my eye but to see that we've kept you know clean sheet in every game you know that's that's really impressive and it maybe attack is the best form of defense yeah well you know what I was mentioning about Val had an interview after the Blues game and he let out a bit about the Salford game he said that we had a clean sheet there as well oh very good Val yeah, so. dropping that in because he really wants to cement that record the golden glove yep. going to button and all that well that wraps up our pre-season chat 
because now we move on to other bits and pieces that have been going on circulating around us over the last week or so since we last sat down and had a chat together. Obviously, transfers is always something that people are keen to discuss at this time of the year. We love to be coming to you every week and talking about loads of ins. We do have one today, but we'll come back to that in a few moments time. But perhaps the biggest piece of news concerning transfers around the Albion at the moment is the sale of Mateus Pereira, obviously yet to receive a, a formal offer from, well, a formal offer that meets our valuation of Mateus Pereira. Um, but obviously there's been a little bit of news concerning him this week. Does one of you want to tell us what that was? According to The Athletic, the club valuing Pereira at around 25 million. We haven't yet received an offer in that region. Apparently we received an offer from Al-Hilal closer to 15 million, I believe. The boss. Yeah, the boss or the blue waves. And then Pereira came out on Monday saying that he wasn't very happy that the club and mainly Ishmael were questioning his commitment in terms of his professionalism, which it looks like he may have misinterpreted Ishmael's statement because other people seem to have thought that Ishmael was questioning his commitment in terms of him wanting to leave the Albion and in not being committed to the club. So, yeah, we've got a bit of a situation here where there's a player that doesn't want to be there and he's thrown his toys out of the pram. Perhaps incorrectly, I think he's actually putting off potential buyers by the way that he's acting. Yeah, so the statement he released was available. You can go and read it. It's on most people's Instagrams and Twitters. It seemed to be directly in response to some quotes that Ishmael came out and said in an interview, and like Alex has said, where he flat out came out and said that Pereira wasn't committed to the club or committed to the championship and like you said Alex Pereira seems to have interpreted this as an attack on his professionalism Joe what do you make of this I'm on the same wavelength as you guys I think he's misunderstood the wording because it's he's not committed it's just exploded in the middle and Val probably shouldn't have said that to the press in a way and Pereira shouldn't have put his statement I'm not on Pereira's side, I'm not on Val's side. I think these just things happen in football and he has no allegiance to us. He just came to us for two years. He's got no allegiance. And like you said, he wants to move for money. And if that is his motivator, then Albion's not going to be the club for him, is it? It is very interesting. I think what, like you said, when Val came out and said what he said, Val's definitely not wrong. It's perhaps a little bit naive to put that out into the press. It's perhaps the only thing you could say about Ishmael's comments. I think it, it does come down to Pereira's understanding of what the word commitment means that's the only thing i can think he seems to have taken it as like we said earlier a direct attack on his professionalism i think it's a bit strange really like in his, in his statement he, he says i don't like that people say that i'm not committed but i want to leave yeah you know, it's, it's, it's double, double negative isn't it as well. yeah, it's, it's very strange. It seems contradictory and all of the journalists who were involved in the conversation with Ishmael at the time, I think Joe Chapman said that he was there and it certainly didn't seem to be the context that Ishmael was saying that Pereira hadn't been professional. He was just talking about Pereira's willingness to stay at the club for the long term. And that's exactly what commitment is. Commitment is about seeing through something through from start to finish. You you start something and you're committed to the end. And Pereira, by definition, even in his statement, has admitted that's not the case. He isn't. He doesn't want to see his contract through to the end. And that, again, as I would I would describe it, is just 
it is a lack of commitment now the only thing that i can think about where the potential kind of crossover in language or where he's been advised that his professionalism has been attacked is that you know when you you hear people like commentators describe a tackle as fully committed a full-blooded committed challenge and it talks about like it looks like it's talking about effort or trying hard and i think that's quite mm. often how it's used to just talk about a player putting a lot of effort into a challenge but really i think the reason that people originally described certain tackles as committed is because you started and you followed through the entire movement of the tackle yeah. you didn't pull out at any stage and again it talks about seeing something through from the start to the finish so Pereira's commitment to the club is you can question it because he wants to leave and I think that he's been poorly advised really and releasing the statement is disappointing and obviously social media as soon as social media gets involved that's it it's exploded then it's a toys out the pram kind of moment and everyone jumps on board and everyone's got an opinion and all turns really ugly really quickly well, he did this last time, didn't he? You know, when uh, there was that article out from The Athletic and he wrote something on social media back to that. So he has got form of doing this. But if he wants to move, I'm not going to hate him. He's been the best player I've seen down the Alvin in a long time. Over the two years, he scored some great goals. He assisted loads of great goals. And we can't hate him for that. Let's hope he goes in the end of the day. We don't want him sitting in the reserves. Yeah, well said. Because he ain't going to be in the game. I disagree with you a bit. I've lost a lot of respect for him because he's trying to knock down his sale price so that we get less money for him. And if I'm Ishmael, I think he's got every right to say, you know, this guy, you know, I'm not going to waste energy on him. You know, he's not committed. I wouldn't. If somebody was in my team and they said they're going to leave, I'd be like, all right, then go on gardening, leave or, you know, do whatever you want to do. I'm not wasting my time on you. I'm trying to embed a new strategy here, you know, to try and get promoted. (laughs) (laughs) I've gone against all we've just yeah we've just ended the I totally agree podcast but no I think Alex you do raise a good point and I do think perhaps there is an element of it that Pereira is trying to now force a move out of the club the offers haven't come in simply I think that's been made abundantly clear by the article in the Athletic today that all of these supposed premiership interests just isn't materializing into a concrete offer and the only offer that come in is the boss the blue wave the Al Hilal and they they really haven't come anywhere close to our valuation I think they said that it would be several installment payments totaling just under 10 million pounds and that is wildly under his value now obviously from Pereira's point of view the transfer fee itself isn't of massive concern when someone's saying we'll pay you 125k a week but then as you said Joe if you come out in your statement and say that money is your primary motivator you you do open yourself up to a lot of flack now I don't want to see people just going on and abusing someone because it's just not right it's uh, it's only football at the end of the day but ultimately you do open yourself up to a lot of criticism when you you say you're just in it for the money. And I think Alex is right. It will have put off potential premiership suitors now from coming in with a concrete offer because people be like, do we need, he's a good player, but do we need this kind of personality in the dressing room? Although saying that, he seems like a lovely guy. He's all smiles and wonderful. So perhaps it's not, perhaps what we see on social media isn't always just the full truth of who the human beings involved in all this story is. And perhaps You might be right. You might have been ill-advised you said it before it might be he's been ill-advised by his agents it could be that because they want to pay out as well the agents yeah. do yeah so it could you be tend all to that. find yeah you tend to find that footballers are surrounded by people who want to make money out of the footballer themselves so i no doubt there's plenty of cynical things going on around this whole Pereira transfer and it, it does 
as Alex says, it does kind of damage his legacy at the club slightly. And now there's even some conversations, if he stays, will he become a club legend? I think even if he does stay now, it kind of soils that somewhat. Do you think he will actually go? I think if he does go, he'll go out on loan and then we'll sell him next year, which I think is probably the best thing to do now. I think we've just got to get him off our books. But yeah, I do hope he leaves now. And I reckon around 15 million, I would accept that. If it's up front, majority of it up front, perhaps 10 million up front, I would, I would go for that. I don't think it's going to be anything like the 40 million we were all speculating about towards the beginning of the pre-season. The funny thing is, we're dropping down to uh, Alex's original pricing of uh, And Pereira. you know what, Al? Hats off. You totally nailed that at the start of the preseason. You said £15 million. As every day goes by, it's looking really, really, really like nailed on that it's going to be in that region. We're basically saying, look, this player, we want him to go. So we would accept minute like lower offers rather than saying, look, this, this player's part of our team. If you want him, you have to pay the price. It's interesting, I was talking to someone about that today, and it was something that was mentioned, how naive Albion have been about this whole Mateus Pereira transfer, basically coming out at the start of the preseason and saying, yeah, we're open to offers, like, come get him. Most teams need to kind of, you need to issue your hands-off warning, like on Football Manager, you issue a hands-off warning, and then everyone comes in like the sharks start swimming around them because everyone wants to put in their offer that's going to turn your head. But Albion coming out and saying like, oh, we'll just take anything we can get. So I think that we, we've been pretty naive about all of this, and it's played into other teams' hands, really. Like, look at Norwich when they got relegated with Emi Buendia, they basically just said, he isn't for sale. And fair enough, they didn't sell him. But then when they did sell him, someone had to cough up £40 million to buy him. Whereas I think we'd be lucky, we'll be lucky if we get over £20 million now for Pereira, in my opinion, which is absolutely wild. Just the last few comments on this Pereira situation. It does certainly have kind of the PTSD effect for all of us Albion fans with Berahino and Odin Wingy and those all ending so poorly. So my hope and expectation isn't that this ends this way. Uh, if he does have to stay at the club, I'd hate to see him just relegated to the under-23s. I think that'd be just a devastating waste of his talent and another season. Um, so my hope is that if he doesn't, the transfer fee doesn't come in, there's a conversation where they sit down and they talk about the definition of the word commitment and that nobody was trying to hurt anyone's feeling and that all of this animosity can be put to bed and that whatever that happens, that is the best for Albion, ultimately. That's yeah, what they should get it out of the Collins Dictionary as well, by the way. Just like to endorse my family's dictionary. I was going to say, is that your own family dictionary or is that the one that is universally available from... All good booksellers. Both, really. Both. Well, to perhaps end this on a little bit of a lighter note, rather than it being all doom and gloom about Pereira, Alex, you've been having a little bit of fun with some of the tweets that were put out there. Obviously, many Albion fans are upset with Pereira's statement, but the Al-Halal Massive took the opportunity to essentially indulge in what you've described in our notes here as psychological warfare or the new hooliganism, as you've termed it. Al, do you want to give us a little bit of a a cherry picking of some of the more choice tweets that were delivered our way? Yeah, sure. Honestly, I I could read through uh, the tweets all day. They're absolutely bonkers. Um, So the first one that I've picked up is uh, somebody's tweeted, Matthews does not want to play with you. (laughs) He doesn't. The, Matthews doesn't. Yeah. Stanley Matthews. I don't know. What, what are they on about? <laughs> and then the next one is 
somebody's put Al Nassar is the biggest and best Asian club but then somebody's replied to that go and find yourself a corner to cry say what Al Nassar is the biggest club in Asia go and search about Al Hilal and compare it with your club it's brutally passive aggressive <laughs> and then the next one is he wants to play for a big club a championship club the greatest club in Asia and he has never regretted it like it doesn't even make any sense it's just psychological warfare it's just it's bonkers and then the, the last one that I've picked out is we will sign more super players than Pereira keep it in your safe <laughs> but it's like <laughs> they're supposed to be paying us oh man we they're the t- ones that are keeping their money in the safe we should totally get a t-shirt with that and keep it in your safe like our little just love, messing with us I love how the West Ham fans and West Brom fans have got together and started going at them have you seen it yeah I've, the amount of times that people have put you're a team pop club yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just think it's brilliant like it's so childish uh, their fans are but I just love it like, they're just so like with the broken English and like the pettiness it's just brilliant yeah Let's move on to some other transfer news. Sam Johnson has come back to training. Obviously, another player linked with a a move away from the club. He came back a week early from his holidays, which is nice. Or says not much about his holidays. But he came back and Ishmael's been full of praise for his... I'm not going to say commitment because that seems really unfair. But his, um, his attitude in training... Let's move on to some positive transfer stories, and that involves the signing this week of Adam Reach on a free transfer from Sheffield Wednesday. He comes to us with bags of championship experience, some real highlight reel goals. I know we often mess about about YouTube and Wikipedia on this podcast and how it informs most of our information about any given player, but of all the YouTube compilations to go and watch, Adam Reach's has got to be one of the best around. I mean, some of the goals he's scored are out of this world. Goal of the season contenders in of themselves. What have you guys made of this signing? So as I live in Sheffield, I went out to one of my mates to get some in-depth insight into Adam Reach as a Sheffield Wednesday player. Insider information, um, let's hear it. So my friend is Nev Wright. You can reach him at, at Nev Wright on Twitter. He said he took an instant liking to him. Bags of quality, which is evident in some of the goals he scored. And he's uh, point out he scored a goal against the Baggies. Almost singly-handedly kept them up for a couple of seasons with goals and assists, but really struggled in his final year, which is, I'm guessing, last year <laughs> when we were picking him up afterwards. But he said, find me a player that didn't find it difficult in the Sheffield Wednesday team last season. Suffered a bit from being played out of position. He's best higher up on the left. We played him in left back, left wing back, which I think is where we will be playing him. If he gets in our side, he said, he rarely gets injured, but some Wednesday fans will tell you this is because he bottles tackles and to be fair, he does that sometimes but if you accept him for his strengths, you'll like him. Not quite as good as Chris Brunt, but will be a good addition and will benefit from having better players around him, as well as having some stability within the club. Fair play, Nev. That's some proper good analysis there, and I hope a lot of what he says is true. I'll just give you a little bit of background about Nev. He's a DJ. I asked him um, to do this, and I've said I'll give him a bit of a plug. People may know him who listen to this, but he's actually playing in Birmingham at uh, Freedom Fest on September the 11th. So I will be tweeting uh, the poster out after this episode goes live. So give him a, a follow if you're into his music and his DJ. Yeah, sounds cool. Has Nev got a DJ name? It's DJ Nev, right? <laughs> 
No, absolutely. That sounds great. Go and check out Nev at Freedom Fest. Obviously, like Joe says, we'll tweet out all the information about that. But really, value is insight into Adam Reach there. I think Adam Reach has come out in some of his interviews today and talked about his durability as well and how many games he's played for Sheffield Wednesday. And he seems very proud of that. And obviously signed a three-year contract at the Albion now. Only 28, so you'd assume he's in his primer now. A bit of a flat season last year. But as you've seen on his YouTube compilation, and then from what Nev's just said there, Al, what do you make of the sign-in? So I hope you're ready, because I'm just about to give you a Wikipedia hit. <laughs> born on the 3rd of February, 1993. Great so he's day. 28 years great old. Day. He was born in Chester Le Street, which I think is quite a cool name for a street or a place. <laughs> he scored a grand total of... He scored 38 goals in 352 appearances across his career. He's played for Sheffield Wednesday, most notably. So, yeah, he's six foot one. So, that, that's I think a bit that's bigger. what everybody was waiting for. Yeah. <laughs> that's the, the cherry on the top for you, really. At six foot one, he's quite, he's, he's quite a tall lad then. Bigger than he looks in the uh, video, I've got to say. But I'm really excited by him. I think we do miss like a Brunty type player. He looks like he's got a real passion for the game. I quite like the way he spoke on his interview. Looks like he's got a good attitude. You know, he's, he works hard. You know, he's probably got weaknesses, but who hasn't? And I'm sure Ishmael, he's done his due diligence. Yeah, I think if you look at the players that we've signed now in Adam Reach, Alex Mower, Matt Clark, there must be, I don't know, how many hundreds of games of championship experience between them all. They all have this real professional and ambitious attitude. They, they want more for their career. And I think these are the types of players with the right mentality and an ability, as Ishmael again has said, to play with an intensity to their football, that's really going to kind of suit playing at the Albion this season. Ishmael wants people with that, I don't want to say the word, with the commitment, you know, and that attitude, what he likes. But I've seen on some of the forums, people saying, well, Adam Roach is just a championship player. But Val went out at the start and he said, he isn't going to buy the best players, like all these multi-million pounds and players. He's going to buy the players that suit his team. So I think people need to be aware of that. We might not be getting the flashy players, but if they do a job as a team and we get promoted, then that's it, isn't it? That's all we want. Absolutely. And I think a transfer fee is exciting and, and, and everyone wants to see like marquee players. If you can get like players from abroad as well, something a bit more exotic, it makes it exciting again. But ultimately, it's, it's about building a team, a culture and a, a style of play. And I really do trust in Valerian Ishman. I think the Blues game is giving him a lot of credibility that of everything he wants to do. And when it clicks it, it, it bangs hard <laughs> against these teams so I'm, I think Adam Reach is a, a fine signing and as to echo Alex's words good luck to him at the Albion and I hope it is a, a long and successful career at the Albion. Interestingly enough moving on to a press conference from today where Valerian Ishmael was asked about any future incoming signings and he has made some very very interesting response to that comment. Al would you like to fill us in? Before yeah, taking a sip course. of your water. <laughs> sure. So, so Ishmael has said today that he's happy with his squad and he's not expecting to make any more signings, which, you know, I trust in Ishmael, like you say, Jamie. I think he's he knows what he's doing. I was thinking earlier, like the bench, it did look a bit weak during the Blues game, but I say weak, it's probably just because there's more youngsters on there than there is established players. 
which thinking about it, I quite like. You know, it's quite good that you know perhaps some of these academy players will get the chance to show the wares in like the first team. So if that's what Ishmael says, then I trust in him, and if he's happy, I'm happy. We probably will sign a couple more players. I'm sure. I'm sure we'll sign a striker at least. I think coming back to what we said a little bit earlier, they maybe want to be a little bit more astute about the way they've handled their transfer business, and by going out and saying that we're desperate for new signings and stuff, maybe it's like a little bit of posturing as you've said Joe just to kind of say we're not just looking to splash a bunch of cash and we're happy with who we've got and then whatever player does come in will only have to be the right player but I would be shocked really if there weren't more additions to the side. I mean the only way I could see that that would become an acceptable kind of way is if that we we believe either Zahore or Matt Phillips is a proper number nine and then if Pereira's staying but if Pereira goes and we don't utilize that influx of cash that would be Strange decision, really, from the board, in my opinion. Well, maybe Ishmael will be proved right, and that will be the conclusion of our transfer activity. My hope is that it's not, and my hope is that over the coming weeks we'll be able to deliver you some hot transfer news as we get closer towards deadline day. Let's move on now to the start of the season, the game against Bournemouth on Friday night, live on Sky Sports at 19.4500 hours. What are your guys' thoughts and feelings about this game? Are you um, excited, nervous? Where are you at? I'm excited. I'm very excited. I've, uh, I've missed watching the Albion. Obviously, watch the friendlies, but it's not the same, is it? It's going to be brilliant to have the fans in the stadium, even though we're away. Still seeing fans in the stadium is going to be brilliant. But yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for it. And I think it's going to be a great game either way for the neutral as well. Yeah, great way to start off the championship season. Two of the t- title contenders. I think the atmosphere is going to be electric. I just really can't wait. Counting down the hours, really. It'll be a tough test, but the pre-season we've just had, you know, really encouraged by that. But following the Albion, you just know we'll probably lose, won't we? No, but I'm, you know, I'm staying, staying confident. Keep the faith. I reckon we'll, we'll get a good result. What is a good result? Would you say? I know winning one, is obviously a fantastic <laughs> result. But would you? Are you? Would you? Is it? Uh, is it kind of a win at all costs, or is are we one of these games where oh, I take a draw away at Bournemouth come the end of the season, or what, where are we at? Are we we looking to lay down a, a marker for the season, or what do you guys think? I would say I wouldn't win. Obviously, everybody would win, but even horribly enough, a nil-nil draw, clean sheet, first game, just get see, out. get you, get you uh, grips with the league. Obviously, I want to win, but I'd take a draw. Okay, Alex, if you say nil-nil, um, this podcast is over. No, I can definitely see where Joe's coming from. I mean, it's first game of the season. They're a title contender. At the end of the day, if we get two points against them throughout the season, or four points, you know, you'd be, you know, happy providing we beat the other teams around us. But as Joe also said, I think, you know, you've got to go into every game looking to win. And the pre-season we've just had, I hope we just dominate them. We're looking at probably playing a 3-4-3 as we've lined up in all of the pre-season matches with three centre-backs, wing-backs, a couple in midfield and then three up top. What are you guys proposing will be the lineup? Joe, do you want to take us through the lineup, perhaps? I'm going to say it's going to be button and goal as they've outruled Johnston because obviously he's only just returned. The three centre-backs are going to be the starting centre-backs at Birmingham. Maybe with O'Shea probably coming out for a J. Maybe he might swap those two around. So Bartley, Clark and O'Shea. Left wing-back Townsend, right wing-back Furlong. Mount and Livermore in the middle. Dean Garner on the right, Grant on the left. And possibly Phillips in the middle or Robinson. But again, if you play Phillips, you bring Bob Robinson on. 
it's not the worst thing in the world, is it? It's no, there's certainly, some, there's certainly some versatility to the way we can line up up front. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that Alex has said that's kind of kind of been a quiet subplot to the preseason is how good the defence are looking. Al, would you have any changes to that lineup? The only change that I would have is I'd play Robinson instead of Phillips. I just think he's got more threat up front, but I can see that I reckon he will start Phillips because of his experience. But yeah, I'd start Bartley, Clark and O'Shea in central defence. I think with the thing about those three, they, they are really solid defenders, aren't they? I think with Ajayi and Kipre, you bring a lot of athleticism onto the field with speed and Ajayi particularly. I think the one person that people might be very interested to hear about in central midfield would be Castro um, I'm not too sure how close he is to the first team but he certainly caught the eye in a couple of friendlies but it, I can't really see him displacing Livermore or Moa let's perhaps focus a little bit more in on Bournemouth obviously promotion rivals this season and as you guys said potentially I guess if we take four out of six points from them this season it'll be good it's quite easy to say they're not the same team as last season they've lost a lot of their key players obviously this is their second season in the, the championship recently bought Scott Parker in as manager who we don't have a brilliant track record against um, that we've never actually won against the Scott Parker side finished six last season and kind of looking to go better this season what stands out to you guys about Bournemouth what are their threats what we're going to have to watch out for on Friday night yeah, so I did a bit of research into Bournemouth. I saw that there was an article that said that in June, when Parker joined, he said that they were six or seven players short of promotion winning team. Like you say, Jamie, they had playoff disappointment last year. They finished sixth overall in the championship. Players to look out for would be Lloyd Kelly and David Brooks. I think I remember seeing David Brooks play. Yeah, he's a really I'm, good player. Yeah, I can see he, he was sort of coveted by uh, some top clubs in the Premiership. So I think he'll be difficult competition. Mm-hmm. One of their key transfers was uh, Emiliano Marcondes, who you know we were linked with briefly. But I think Joe dislikes Emiliano. Correct me if I'm wrong. Looking at Skybet earlier today, they're eight to one to win the league. I think we're five to one joint favourites with Fulham. Just a novelty fact is that they've got the most expensive season tickets, average price of six hundred and thirty-four, which I was like again mechanical fell, fell out. That um, is bizarre. Of money. Yeah, yeah that's an awful lot of money. I think for me, if we play our game on the day and we really do exert ourselves and we're not passive like we have been in the past, I really think that there's the potential there to go and do a job. I don't think it'll be anything like what we've seen in pre-season in terms of the level of competition. This is clearly a step up. This is a, a different level of competition altogether. But I think ultimately we have everything we need to take three points on Friday evening. Shall we do some score predictions? Al, we'll start with you. I'm just running the calculations through my mind and I reckon it'll be uh, 3-0 to West Brom. Come on, mate. (laughs) Joe? 4-1. 2. West Brom. Excellent. I'm, I've got to go. I feel like I've got to kind of stay on brand here and get even more excited than you two. (laughs) 4-0 to West Brom. (laughs) I reckon Dean Garner hat-trick. I think the goals will be shared around, but Dean Garner will get one of them. I want to see Dean Garner get one. Grant get one, Robinson get one, and Phillips get one. All get themselves off to a nice start to the season. I think Zahor will come on and get a goal. Are we going to look really stupid, though, next week when (laughs) these predictions come back and we just forget about these and they become a distant 
memory. Let's quickly just have a little bit of a chat about the season at large to end the podcast today. And so to preview the season ahead, we've decided to fashion it on a bit of a football manager style. Uh, we're going to talk about a few statistics and I'm going to let the boys fill in a few of these blanks. Let's start off, though, with perhaps what we all want to know come the end of the season is where will we finish in the table? I think we'll win the league. I agree with you, sir. And I agree, too. You are bold, men, and I am, too. No, that's cool. I think I'm backing us to win the league. I think we're all on board there. And perhaps that's naive or just overly optimistic. I think the general consensus is that Albion will finish in the automatic promotion positions. But um, we said it here, we're finishing first. And Joe has just documented that we have said that as well. So we I'm going to go one step further. And I reckon we're only going to lose two games in the whole season. I reckon Record we're going to absolutely, yeah, I think we're going to absolutely <laughs> smash it. I love this. Man. This is what I want more people to be like. I mean, we could be totally, by Saturday morning, we could all feel very depressed. But right now, why not be just overly optimistic and recklessly speculate about the season? So Alex has said only two losses. Does that mean that we get 44 wins? Is that good maths? Very good maths, Jamie. I would say more like I reckon we'll probably get thirty-five wins. Let's do, do the maths there, <laughs> don't mate. Nine draws and two losses. That sounds okay. Joe, do you want to do you want to move? I was right, isn't it? Yeah, do you want to move your chips in on a on a particular set? Of, I'm, uh... I say we're going to land straight on the century, the hundred oh, mark. Yeah, okay. So I've just really been uh, a cheat here, and I've looked at Norwich's uh, results. They got 97, <laughs> 97 points last year. So I've taken off one of their losses and put it to thirty wins, ten draws, six losses. That sounds. And that gives you hundred points. That sounds so doable. So I'm going to go a little bit more aggressive than that. I'm going to say we're going to break the 100 mark. Um, So I'll go 32 wins. I'm just trying to do the maths here as well. 32 wins, five losses. I can't even work out what I'm trying to do. (laughs) Someone do it for me. 32 wins, eight draws and six losses. And if the maths doesn't check out there, that's okay. I don't mind. Basically, something that gets us to 104 points or in that region is where I want it to be. So if someone wants to do the maths for us, get back to us. Who will be our top scorer come the end of the season? Oh, I'm going to go for Grady Diangana and I'm going to go for 29 goals in the championship. Wow. Al, what about you? So I'd be slightly broken-hearted if he scored 29 goals because my bold prediction was that he would score 30 or more. <laughs> uh, but I, I reckon uh, Carlin Grant with 32 goals. How many are we scoring? <laughs> we are scoring a lot of goals. Um, I think that it will be Carlin Grant as well. And I think he will just squeeze through 20. He'll have 21 league goals this season. Gosh, I feel like I'm meant to be the optimistic one on this podcast, and you two are just going buck wild. Who will lead the club in assists then? I think there's a, a bit of a, a favourite emerging for this one, and I think we will pretty much be on the same wavelength. So after, right? three, after three, let's all say it at the same okay, time. Okay, then. That's going to be good on Zoom. Okay. One, two, three. Nailed it. Great minds. Yeah, good. I think... 
we need to not forget about Furlong because he assisted, uh, was it the goal for Matt Clark? or No, it wasn't the goal for Matt Clark. It was the goal for Dean Garner, wasn't it? He has got a, a brilliant cross on him. So I think it's going to be close between those two. It certainly will be getting plenty of crosses into the, the box, which obviously boosts their chances. With, with Furlong, I think what's quite an interesting element or part of our team is that we've got Furlong, who's got a massive jumping height. So it's almost as if he, I reckon instead of crossing the ball, I can see him making those back post runs quite a lot throughout the season. But like you, I, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think he's, he has got a good cross on him, and that's evident in the uh, the, with the Blues game. You know, he set up a goal, but I think he's going to score more than he assists next season. So who do you reckon will be our player of the season? I'm going to go for a, a strange one, but I think... Livermore is going to be the player of the season because if he comes back to his best and like he played against Birmingham and it lets Mowat do what he needs to do, you know, pass the ball and spray it about, I think Livermore could be the player of the season that could really fit into Valerian Ishmael's way of football. That would be a bit of a surprise, but, you know, I can see it happening. That would be brilliant if Livermore got player of the season. I think Pereira. He's done it. He's baited the audience. Yeah. Um, no, I reckon um, player of the season, Dean Garner. I'm sticking with the obvious choice. Player outside of Dean Garner, I'm going to go for Townsend. Yeah, I'm going to pick up there because I think it'll be Townsend as well. Kind of feeds into what we're saying about the left-back position being such a kind of important role with them getting into the advanced attacking positions in what Valerian Ishmael wants to do, the number of chances he inevitably, I think, will create against what seems to be a really weak championship this season. I think Townsend's going to be well up there with those assists, maybe knocking a few goals as well, but just creating chances. And his general play, I think he'll walk away with our player of the season award if it's not going to be Albion that win the league this season who do you think our greatest uh, rivals are perhaps just one of the clubs I know there's four that kind of stand out in Fulham Sheffield United uh, and Bournemouth which one of those do you think is likely to give us the most challenge I'm going to go for a lot of 1-24s have been saying Fulham are like the most Obviously, with the betting, they're up there as well. But I'm going to go for Sheffield United. I think they've got some players that weren't premiership players, but were brilliant championship players. And they haven't lost many players. So I think they've already got the makings of a promotion contender. So They've certainly got a lot to prove. Al, what about you? Yeah, I think, like you say, I think Fulham are the obvious choice. I, I like the look of Bournemouth with Parker. But, you know, I'm going to go for a bit of a, like a dark horse here. I think Neil Warnock at Middlesbrough. You know, he knows what he's doing. He's 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 got a lot of he's got history. He's got previous winning the, the championship. So I'm going to go for a bit of a long shot with that and say Middlesbrough. Yeah, well, if you everyone's left it fair game, I will just take Fulham. Did see that funny thing of Neil Warnock handing out pre-signed copies of his photograph from his bum bag. So I think he should get a little bit of extra oomph this season for the the sheer brilliance of that. But I think Fulham are by a large margin our greatest threat this season in terms of their squad and their spending power and 
all of the other bits and pieces as well. And I know it's boring, but I think it will be the three teams that came down last season that will probably go back up. One interesting thing I saw on Twitter last week about Warnock, Pesca Salido apparently said that um, Warnock invited his team out bowling. He got them all to put £10 into a pot and then he he whipped out of his bag a bowling ball and a a pair of bowling shoes and he absolutely annihilated them (laughs) and took the money. He's a shark. So it seems like a little bit of a, a silly question to ask, really. But what is your guys' hope for this season? Is it promotion or bust? Is it just exciting football? Where, what, what are you looking for in this season? I think everyone would say promotion. But if we're going to go for the team, ambition and my hope for this season, just hope that they actually look like they're enjoying the football. Because I don't think for a few seasons we look like we've enjoyed it. There seems to be, it's not harmonious camp. And I think with Big Val there, that's what I want them just to be having a laugh on the thingy and enjoying having the crowd back in the stadiums and showing off in front of them. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Joe. I, I'd, I'd take playoff providing that they you know, look like they're enjoying it and it's not kind of a, a frustrating season where players look lethargic and you know they, they don't look like they're playing for the shirt. It looks a bit dull. And um, yeah, I just like a bit of pride in the shirt and you know, players to be fit and plenty of goals. I'm really looking forward to the season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm in a similar kind of vein of thought as well. I, I really just want to see a brand of football at the Albion that makes me excited again. I'm kind of sick of the media mocking us up as this kind of boring ugly side ever since Pulis was about we were never that type of team we were always played good attacking football we always scored plenty of goals and I just want to see us kind of restored to playing a type of football that actually makes fans at the Hawthorns get up and take notice so I'm looking forward to the season as well speaking of the shirt pride in the shirt my shirt will be arriving in the next couple of days, so I'm buzzing about that as well. And can't wait to get to the Hawthorns in a couple of weeks' time now to watch our opening home match against Luton. But we will come on to discuss all that, I'm sure, in next week's podcast. Have we said it all today, guys? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah don't see why not. Yeah, I mean, you both seem a little unsure and lacking confidence there, but that's okay. We're going to leave it there anyway. So all that remains for me to say today on the eve of the eve of the eve of the championship season is a big thank you to Alex. Cheers. Thank you to Joe. Cheers. And we will catch up with you next week. (laughs) 